let's talk about employment. So what is your experience essentially about being BIPOC and being employed itself? We're not talking about getting employed. We're talking about being in the workforce. Um, It's kind of like a, a mixed feeling. I think um, for a lot of younger BIPOC people, we understand the role we have to play in capitalism to acquire assets, to gain, you know, that generational wealth. Mm-hmm. And so we know we have to like get dressed and show up to work and be there. And I think um, for some people, it makes them want to work really, really hard. But I also think that the system is aware of the pressure on BIPOC people to have to compete, to have to make money, to have to change their circumstances, whether for themselves or their families. And it takes advantage of that. Um, I think I've worked in a lot of places where I worked twice as hard as a lot of people and you hear it all the time. And it's like, you you think it's a saying until you actually see how much outputs you produce on your own when you're like measuring it. And, you know, your paycheck doesn't match what you're putting in or opportunities are missing you. Um, you're looking at upper management and nobody looks like you or there's just one person of color meant to represent everybody. And you start to wonder if there's even space for you to grow. But it's very early on, you realize like, this is your place. It's like, it's it's without being said, they it's showing you this is where you're going to be for the next 20, 30 years of your life. What about you? No, I feel like it's really weird for me because I think because I'm younger or something, my parents are, they have this mentality, right? That if your your job isn't like fully abusing you, you're supposed to suck it up. And even if they do abuse you, suck it up. Uh, but essentially it's like a really awkward experience because I, for example, I've had jobs in the past. And so I tell my parents about these experiences. And the only thing that they've ever said is, Farah, it's normal that somebody screams at you. It's normal. It's normal. I'm like, it's not normal, dad. He's like, you shouldn't quit. Nobody's a quitter in this family. Do you know how much I had to work? Just like how you said, I feel like like companies and capitalism, like they know that that's our culture. I think they know that we have to try harder because we're people of color. So they kind of feed on it and know that they can undervalue us because of it. Yeah. A company I work for that shall not be named. It was a care economy kind of a job. It's a job that exists within like the social impact space where they're trying to help people. And yeah, they would mainly hire newcomers to Canada recent immigrants and you know people are so excited they're looking for job opportunities it's it's a respectable job it's a good organization but when I found out how much they were paying the newcomers compared to the Canadians at the organization it was insulting and these are people that would have the same jobs it's not even like oh like this person is new or whatever it's like a manager and a manager but when you compare the lighter skinned um Canadian born manager to the newcomer pay salary and it it was also like a complete accident that I stumbled upon this information there was at least a 20 percent gap in the pay of what that person was making and it broke my heart because one you, you it's an organization that's supposed to be helping people and two you're taking advantage of the fact that that person doesn't know any better and so they have these policies in place that it's like oh it's supposed to protect people whatever but the policies are so elusive they're not concrete they don't say yes or no and I think it creates loopholes for these companies to figure out how to really cheat people and they'll be like oh it's 
a, a pay grid based on your skill sets and experiences. Well, I'm sorry if somebody has 10 years of experience working at a bank in India and they come back to Canada, what is like, it's the same 10 years of experience, it's the same banking, you know, mm-hmm. system. And to use those things as a way to remove or cheat people out of what they're due or the benefits that they could have is blatant discrimination um because at the end of the day it doesn't even matter if it's 10 years they're doing the same jobs the exact same times producing the same outputs if not the newcomers probably even putting more outputs yeah it's it's interesting you say that because obviously i haven't had many jobs in my life I, i only graduated university like three years ago but the thing is here is it's really I see it a lot with my parents. My mother is a professor. She has a PhD. And she, when she came to Canada, she had to prove her PhD. But because her English wasn't good enough or her accent or, or something was wrong, but they wouldn't let her have the equivalent here, which was really unfair because I remember growing up watching her work her butt off for this PhD. And she was incredibly educated and taught for like several years at a university. So when she came here, now she's working not even full time as a professor. And people who are above her don't even have a PhD themselves. And just because their master's was from this country. And it's so unnervingly irritating when I see it. And then the way that they treat her, why? Because she'll like... Un, like accidentally like pronounce a word incorrectly well I'm sorry she's trilingual I'm sorry like what did you expect and the way that students will look down on her as a result like the things I hear are I actually get enraged like genuinely enraged it's just so unnerving it's like if you don't have a specific accent if you don't have certain qualifications from a certain specific place you're not valued you're not valuable even though it's literally the equivalent regardless of where you go it's the equivalent yeah and, and the most frustrating part about that conversation too is, is that, you know, we live in a society where we need newcomers because we just don't have the population for it. We don't have enough taxpayers. Um, a lot of boomers are going to be retiring soon and there needs to be money put into the economy. And so we need newcomers in this country. It's not even debatable. Uh, and then we also go through this process of selecting the best of the best and then devaluing their credentials once they're here. Um, and... I remember there's like, oh, there's this comedian and they made a joke about how if they ever have a heart attack, they would rather have a heart attack in a taxi because the odds of them meeting like a heart surgeon or like some kind of like, you know, top notch doctor is a lot higher than even just getting one in the hospital because the healthcare system is a little bit slower. And it's it's funny, but it's true. It's just you have this economy of overqualified people that are doing jobs where their skills don't match and then you have sectors of the economy that there's a large skills gap in there's not enough doctors there's not enough nurses there's not enough people in the ICT sector and yet when people show up with their credentials we devalue them and another layer to that too is is like you know like you just mentioned your parents are incredibly overqualified probably more so than your average Canadian born I mean that's the the statistics is newcomers tend to be more educated than Canadian borns. And then, you know, they have children or they come with their children and their children see them having these high levels of credentials and not working in jobs that match their degrees and they're being disrespected. The subconscious message that tells their children too and the complacency that they have to t- to accept in work, right? And it's like your parents saying, 
oh, well, somebody's yelling at you. That's not so bad. And so we start to normalize abusive behaviors in work as people of color, because one, oftentimes we represent everybody for us. And we know how hard it is when you're applying for jobs and you don't have the right sounding name or you don't speak English fluently. Just the assumptions that are just made about about you before you you get there. Um, I remember at one point I took my photo off LinkedIn because I thought it was more harmful than helpful because I would apply for jobs and I would just notice all these people looking up my LinkedIn profile and then just hear nothing from them afterwards. And then I took off my picture and I would just get email. I, I just noticed people would email me at least for a first interview. And it's like, yeah, what about the, you know, implicit biases that people have or the subconscious biases that people have? And the moment they see my picture, maybe there's five, five candidates and all five of us are qualified and she just automatically sees the way I look and she's just like, I'm not going to call that person because she's attached assumptions to me. It's, it's a hard thing to navigate. <laughs> I feel like hard isn't enough of a word. I feel like it's just unfair. Like, it's just not fair at this rate. It's almost impossible to navigate. Like, what do they expect? I feel like the only way to navigate it at that point is to conform. And then it just, I don't want to conform. I'm sorry. Like, I want to maintain my identity as a person of color. I'm just not going to do that. And at the same time, it's like, it's so funny that you bring up a taxi situation because I will never forget. I will never forget I had this Uber driver, okay, and he had his PhD thesis, and it was, like, thick as heck on, like, the front seat, and I looked at it, and I was, like, PhD in mathematics. I almost, I was in shock. I looked at him. I was, like, is that your thesis? He's, like, yeah, I'm trying to get it approved right now. I'm trying to get it matched for Canada right now. I'm, like, so you have a PhD, and you're driving this Uber, and I just, I felt so bad. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with driving Ubers or anything, yeah. but but like, at the end of the day, that's not your skill set, and it's it like severely undervalues all of the work that you've put in. Yeah, and I think also just the point that we're trying to drive at is not necessarily the type of career, but matching the right skill sets to the right yeah. career makes an economy grow. So even though this is we're noticing this disproportionately among BIPOC communities, it impacts the Canadian economy as a whole when there's a mismatch of skills. Like right now you have a shortage of doctors <laughs> and you've got doctors driving Ubers. Like it make it make sense. So it, it's one of those things where it's like, there's nothing wrong with driving an Uber, but if you're a doctor, you shouldn't be driving an Uber. You should be a doctor. It's frustrating because we all have to participate in this system. We have to go to work. We have to be good citizens. We have to pay our taxes. Um, and you want to find meaningful work and you want to be accepted at work, which is something that we've not even touched on, right? We've not touched on what it's like navigating the workplace as a BIPOC person. Like I know for me, I couldn't have a bad day. I couldn't be mad. I always had to be happy because the moment I got mad, it was like, oh, why do you always have an attitude? And it's like, I, this yeah. is the one time I've been mad. I remember one time uh, a colleague walked up to me and it's like, you don't have to be so aggressive all the time or so angry. And I'm like, I haven't even said anything. She just looked at my face and told me not to be aggressive. And I hadn't said anything yet, anything. But there's just this assumption that I was always angry and I was always mad. And I just realized, I mean, I ended up leaving that place because I'm like, I can't work here. It's also the aspect of navigating workplaces as as a BIPOC person. And that as element of working so much harder than everybody because you have to be taken seriously. And I always say I, I want to be like mediocre, like some of my non-BIPOC coworkers and have my level of work accepted. But I know I can't because if I'm mediocre, I'm lazy. 
And so I have to put in overtime and I have to work really hard and I have to make sure I'm, you know, winning deals and doing this and doing that because I don't get to just be average. It's funny that you say that too. It's not just that we want to be, I don't feel like we can be because intrinsically it's just so etched into who we are from all the things that were presented to us and portrayed to us by our families, our grandparents, whatever, on our culture. Like, it's so weird to say this, but if I got an email past like a certain hour, which is not working, I still feel guilty if I'm not responding. I'll I'll feel legitimate bodily guilt throughout my body. Like, what is that? And even like the urge to consistently feel like you have to prove yourself even after you've proven yourself. And I think there's also that added layer of the gender dynamics too, right? I know that I've been passed um, off on opportunities and I've seen the people who've gotten the opportunities and I'm just like, that guy, like that guy that actually knows nothing about the department. And it's like, hmm, let me just figure out how that person that's never worked in the department that I've applied for the position for, that knows nothing about that department, that doesn't have the skill sets for the department, managed to get the promotion for my department from another completely different department and you're just like make it make sense it's hard but I also don't want young people coming into the workforce to be disheartened I think what I see with like a lot of Gen Z's is they're very creative and they think outside the box and they find ways to find meaningful work and make money and I think that's great if you can do something for yourself that's great not everybody can but there's also a lot of companies that are trying to change their workplace culture mm-hmm. and they're not all succeeding, but there are some that are trying to be a lot more um, understanding. And I think it's just, you have to find the place that's perfect for you and don't normalize abuse. Don't accept somebody yelling at you, know your labor rights. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the the new generation is definitely growing in their oh, their rights. They're really, they're not accepting less than what they deserve. And that's something I see consistently on tiktok like that's all i see and i love it like i am so here for it um gen z (laughs) yes corporate gen z is paving the path for the rest of us and i will not accept less keep going you're gonna change it for the rest of us we're gonna ben i'm gonna benefit from the changes that you make (laughs) 